0: chat rooms, as I sound a little funny. That could just be my voice. Although I do do hear myself being a little bit off today.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the How To
0: Dad podcast. We are on episode 5. April 7th, 2019. My name is Devin Pierce and I'm your host, as per usual. So,
1: last week we had an issue where about Halfway through the podcast, the audio cut out. I now know how to better watch for that. So I have made that a priority on my little screen here. That I shouldn't be missing anything. In theory. We'll see how it goes. (laughs) That's the joy of a live show. You never know what's going to happen. Those of you who are watching live or on the replay, you can see my mess behind me has changed lately. Got a bunch of unpacking done today and organizing. Starting to get the upstairs portion of our house looking like a house. So that's always good. You may or may not have noticed that the topic of today's conversation changed. We had originally planned to do a more of a review episode for the YouTube dad's class of moving with small children, but because I haven't had time for editing, or made time for editing. We haven't done that episode on Dad's class, so I can't really take from that and have a conversation with you about it now, can I? So then I picked a different topic and looked at my resource materials for it and was like,
0: I don't have enough information here to
1: make a a quality show for y'all, so I'm going to put that one back on the back burner. It was scheduled for next month anyways, and... uh, We'll deal with that when the time comes. Today's topic is going to be random conversation starters. And what I mean by that, these RCSs will be about four-ish topics. We'll see how time goes, but we're going to have several little topics and I'm going to bring up these tidbits to try and get some conversation started, whether it be live in the chat room, or YouTube comments under the bridge during a replay, or if you guys reach out to me via Twitter, at crownesso, C-R-O-W-N-E-S-S, the number zero. Of course, you can reach out to me on via email, which is also crownesso, spelled the same way, at gmail.com.
0: And... My plan is to, if it merits it, we will reach out and
1: do a full-blown topic on these mini ones further down the road. Also, I would like to do more RCS episodes with you guys, but in the future it will be taken from comments on the YouTube uh, replays or Twitter and emails that people send me with either suggestions or Questions that are asked that I feel merit more conversation and interaction than just um, you know a simple comment or response that way. And, you know, maybe get a whole bunch of different things. And, by the way, if you guys want to ask me questions and have them read during an RCS thing specifically,
0: tell me that. I'm okay with it. And it doesn't have to be parenting or adulting or whatever. It can be more personal. You may be wondering, what are we going to talk about today? Well, three of the four topics I
1: wanted to bring up today, I got my notes down for. Uh, the fourth one I did not. I didn't even get started on the notes. So,
0: we'll see how time goes with the first three and any questions that come up in the chat. And go
1: from there. Our three topics that we are definitely going to touch on though, are going to be sickness in babies,
0: pets and rental homes, depression and physical exhaustion. We aren't going to dig into that
1: third one too deep. That one is definitely going to get its own episode further down the line. Uh, Depression is a very serious topic that merits having its own episode. I'm sure you can agree with me on that one. For anyone who doesn't follow me on social media or doesn't know me personally, uh, two days ago I was having a hard time breathing. I apparently have a viral lung infection,
0: so I'm doing pretty good today.
1: Unfortunately, the baby is now sick.
0: And that's what brings us into our topic number one So Odin, he
1: has been sick like every other month since the kid was born
0: Uh, He had bronchitis twice already, which was at two months and ten months of age. He's
1: Currently just shy of 14 months couple more days here and He's currently dealing with the same
0: or what we assume is the same viral lung infection that I have Now to kind of What I really, really love about a really sick baby is they are so cuddly and you just want to
1: be loved. So it's like,
0: Um And that's because they, they want to feel that comfort and that security that
1: they are or will be okay, right? But it's so
0: cute.
1: And our son's really not that affectionate a lot of the time, so you know, take it how you can get it.
0: <laughs> The treatment for both uh, when Odin had bronchitis both times, as well as with this current lung infection, was um, inhaler based uh stimulus similar to you have for people with asthma.
1: And these specified doses is, and when you take it, and essentially how it works is, you're just making sure that the individual is getting enough oxygen into their system by opening up the capillaries in the lung portions having everything opened up enough to get enough air in so that everything else can work properly to fight off the viral infection. So this encouragement by opening up the lungs lets the natural bodily systems for dealing with the sickness, especially with young children, um they're they're finding that this helps their body learn how to fight off the disease earlier. So they're more, I don't know. So their body is more in tune with how to deal with sicknesses as they're older, and you're just kind of helping them get better or helping them through the process of getting better, rather than trying to substitute the natural order of things. That's the thought process behind uh, using the inhalers versus
0: uh, cough medicine. Gotta have my own notes for a second there. So. On the other side of this, though, the thing I hate about having a super
1: sick baby is how everyone around you Whether they know you or just some random person who acknowledges that your child is sick They start trying to give you all this sympathy and being like Oh, it's so hard when they're so sick Even if this wasn't my first child
0: about five minutes into a kid being sick, you figure out this really sucks.
1: And it's 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 pretty obvious when you have a kid that gets sick that their inability for them to communicate as a newborn especially brings out a level... A level? A level? A level...
0: A level, a level, a level, of, a level of fear in them. And... That... Fear escalates in you as a parent. So. It's because they don't understand what's going on. And you can't really help
1: them through it logically. You can't be like. Hey Bobby. You're going to get better. Because you're going to stick this mask on your face. The air is going to taste like
0: crap. And you're going to get better. They They don't understand it right. And. Um. Definitely feel like him a lot. My audio's being really wonky all of a sudden.
1: I make it sound better now. Sounds worse.
0: <laughs> but all you can do as a parent is is like give them their medications and cuddle them lots and you know, emotionally, even
1: though sometimes may I feel like it. Your kids are stronger than you will give them credit for.
0: (laughs) And in a lot of ways, they're going to be stronger than you. And when they're as sick as sick can be,
1: all you can do for them, even when they start to communicate, really, is just be there to comfort them.
0: But it does make you feel extremely powerless
1: as a human being when you can't
0: just snap your fingers and make your child better. And I don't, this is one of the few,
1: few, 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 few few instances where I don't feel that,
0: sorry, this is one of the few instances where I don't
1: feel that this idea has been generated from an outside source. So it's not like. Social media and TV have made us believe that we can cure everything that's wrong with our children. I think that's just a natural instinct and desire as a human being. To want to be able to keep your children safe. And sicknesses really, really undermine that basic desire to keep
0: your kids safe. Because there's literally nothing you can do for 90% of it. And it sucks. So... I have a quick tip I would offer. When you're engaging with a parenting friend or family member or random individual on the street, because apparently when you have a sick kid, random people talk to you.
1: Um, rather than being all like, that must be so hard.
0: Just ask, well, how are they doing? You know? And they tell you, oh, well, this is happening, but they're the cough is getting better or whatever, and you're just asking for a status report. And that status report is showing that you care enough to ask. And then you can you follow up with, like, well, how long have they been sick? And regardless of whether it's one day, six days, ten days, whatever, you just follow up with that on, well, shouldn't be too much longer then.
1: Because regardless of how long it's been or could be, that optimism, that positivity can really help That parent who's dealing with that helplessness feel like
0: their kid is going to get better. And that's kind of what you want for them.
1: Another good conversation starter with regards to sickness is if they mention that they're on some sort of medication, would be to ask well, how are they taking their medication? Are they doing good with that? Because some kids are great with medication. Some kids are great with certain types of medication. Some kids just hate all
0: medication it kind of it's less about berating them with a
1: random question but this is something that especially as a parent you can recognize as being one of the more difficult things and perhaps if you have had success in coaching a child through utilizing type whatever of medication maybe you can give them some pointers or ask if they've tried certain things but don't be too pushy. You don't want to step on anyone's toes. <laughs> on that note, Odin absolutely hates taking the medication of his inhaler. As soon as he tastes the medication in the air, he starts trying to kick his mask off and wants nothing to do with it. If you just give him his little arrow chamber thing, he puts the mask against his face and he sits there and he breathes through it. He'll play with it. And he's okay with that. But what he's not okay with
0: is the actual taste. It's hard not to look and make sure that it's working the whole time I'm talking. Now you know,
1: which just I shouldn't have to do that. I really shouldn't have to. It should just work. But moving along, luckily the audio cut out right as I was about to change uh, lines here on my notes, so I know where I left off. And that was with asking you guys if you know, let me know about any experiences you have with dealing with your own sick kids, whether it be strange questions or statements made by other people or suggestions you would have for people when it comes to dealing with or interacting with rather a person who has a sick kid Uh, beyond my own suggestions that I made earlier.
0: In Twitter, email or comments below the bridge if you're watching the YouTube replay. Our next topic, and probably the last one, because, my lord. (laughs) Now, I'll get through the three I listed. The next topic is pets and rental homes.
1: Um, I'm really kind of hoping that this one gets some people's gears grinding a little bit, and then we get a decent conversation going with it. Um, As I know, it's been a bit of a hot topic in Alberta as a whole. In our area specifically, the majority of rentals, especially those owned by uh, rental companies that deal with many, 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 many rentals, they are not pet-friendly. Just straight across the board. No pets. No pets. No pets. No pets. And this... There's a bunch of different issues for different reasons and whatever. And I'll talk about my own personal situations with this. I've been in units where there's no pets allowed. Yet you can see cats in almost every window. And how those people don't get caught in the middle of the day. Their cats are just hanging out in the window and nobody seems to care.
0: In the animal-free building. I, I, I just don't get it. Um,
1: I actually got kicked out of my first ever apartment because they discovered I had a kitten. Um, and I had a no pets lease. Literally, everybody else on my same floor had cats. And when I asked about it, uh, they informed me that they had only recently stopped permitting new renters to have cats. And that other renters who had been there
0: prior to the rule were grandfathered in. And I was like, what? <laughs> because, quite frankly, in that particular
1: situation, they'd never renovated the unit. I'd be surprised if they even vacuumed or did more than just vacuum since they installed the carpet in the 60s. Um, <laughs> My mother and my aunt came over to check out my first apartment. And uh, <laughs> my aunt's kind of looking around and kind of scratching her head a little bit. She goes to the bathroom. Checks it out. Comes back to the living
0: room area. Checks it out. She goes, you know what? I'm pretty sure that I've been at a
1: party in this same apartment. And she says, like, when I was, like, you know, in my 20s. And I'm pretty sure that's the same carpet. So, it's not like they changed anything about the building. It's not like they went out of their way to remodel that entire apartment when they changed the rules to make sure there was no evidence of there ever having been an animal in that apartment. They just changed the rules. And, unless you're going to purge it completely of previous animals, it's completely horseradish to just decide you're not going to let any more in. Chances are the damage is already done. So, like, if it had been, like, they did all the carpets in the, and remodeled the underlay or whatever. I Then sure, you don't want it to be ruined because it's brand new. And I get that.
0: And I understand newer apartment complexes starting right off the hop with being not pet friendly Good point. Now, I haven't heard anything recently. But... I think when that was... A few years ago, anyways. There
1: was a couple of groups... Um, applying for being activists of um, specifically in the Edmonton area. I remember there was some talk about it. Um, But These people were lobbying for changes to building contracts that would require contractors and or the building uh, owners to have a specific number of pet-friendly units for new construction of rental properties. It was being specifically built as a rental property they would have to have X number being pet friendly Um, well, there was a bunch of specifics as to how that would work or whatever too but I don't recall them it was this brief little segment on the radio as I was passing through Edmonton I believe I was still working out of town at the time the more I think about it it's like the harder it is to grasp the memory just running away from me but whatever um the I love the logic behind uh, these pet friendly construction projects. Um and the logic that they used to justify their desire was that it's sh- you know, pet ownership has been shown to reduce stress, anxiety, and depression amongst human beings,
0: as well as some other potential health benefits. And uh
1: this is one of the topics where I personally feel that every community should have a ruling, a rule in place about a percentage of pet-friendly rentals being available within the community. And I say this because of our personal situation that happened to us here,
0: um, quite a bit over, uh, more than a year ago, close to two years ago now. Um, what happened was I had a
1: reoccurrence of an injury and needed to take care of it myself. Um, and, of course, when you go through the medical system, it takes a while. Unless you have a nice little WCB signature beside it, then they rush you through it to get it done and taken care of. It took me nine months to go see a doctor about this issue. I had to get sent to a specialist who had to fit me in their time schedule or whatever. I took time off work, so it wasn't going to get worse. And at the same point in time, we looked at our finances, and I said, well, this is just silly. And we, or I personally, took a bankruptcy.
0: And at the time, we had a trailer that I owned and uh, two dogs and a cat. Well, I gave up the
1: mortgage property and found a rental that I could afford. But it was no pets. Uh, So I sent the cat to my parents' farm. Eventually
0: the dogs went there too. Uh, We couldn't find anything to keep them in town with us. Because who wants to take on two dogs, right? For the record, there's the same unit where I see cats in all the windows of every other
1: person's house every midday. But even when we moved into that particular unit, there was evidence of having been a cat there previously. And and I was like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know nothing of this. Mm. Yeah, well, it's annoying. It's, it's not like I have big dogs. I have a Chihuahua, and we think the other one's part Pomeranian. Like, the, the, the biggest one
0: I have is this big. Is it fitting on the screen? Yeah, it fits on the screen. Like, she's, she's not big. And if I didn't have this farm of my parents, luckily, right by, like, what was I supposed to do with these
1: dogs? I hate, I hate when people hate on people who post uh, looking for a new home for these animals that I have. Great right with kids, whatever. And people are like, if you couldn't take care of the dog, you shouldn't have had it. Well, what if it's exactly my situation? They had a place where they were loud dogs. They couldn't afford it anymore. They got to move. Now they can't find a place that lets them have a pet. I I've seen a slight shift there. We found a few places that will. Uh, our current rental, we're on a probationary period, and then we'll revisit the idea of bringing the dogs to the property.
0: It's kind of how it's working. Fingers crossed. And the...
1: I have seen a few more places that list, you know, pet deposit, potential for animals... To be discussed, that kind of thing. And i that's definitely a lot more prevalent on the rental side of things nowadays. I think a big thing of that has to do with where the current state of the economy is. It's not great. Horrible, but it's not great. And I often wonder, like, if we didn't have that option, what would we what would we do? what we would have done. Wow, my mouth words. <laughs> so this is definitely a big one that I think would be a great debatable topic if somebody wanted to get involved in this um so please 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 please
0: please
1: send me your feedback on this one let me guy let me know what you guys think about you know the this idea of mandatory rules I think it's great to have at least something in place I don't think it's fair to just
0: expect uh people to give up their their animals if you're It's like saying, well, no children allowed in this building, so uh, you don't have to throw your kids
1: in the dumpster on your way in. Like, what? Fur babies are still babies. They're just furry. And they don't talk as much. And they don't talk back, usually. Although I did have that one Border Collie. He'd talk back to you.
0: You'd be like, what did you, what'd you just say to me? <laughs> but legit. That topic went by way quicker. I just got distracted by something in my background again. <laughs> uh, this is the one that I really wanted to get into with you guys. Um, this is the third topic of my list, and obviously I'm not going to get to my fourth topic because
1: I'm already stretching my time because of audio issues and stuff. We're gonna fly through this. This one is definitely going to need its own episode at some point. But I wanted to make sure I got the third and final conversational piece out and recorded for the audio and YouTube replay listeners at the very least. And the third topic that we're supposed to get to last evening before my setup decided it didn't want to work anymore was depression and physical exhaustion. One of the earlier episodes of the podcast, we looked at uh, self-care and how it's important for setting a good example of your kids to be resilient. Um, and we talked about, you know, if you're not at your best, you can't raise your kids to be their best. And at the same point in time, we made the reference about it being like uh, an airplane based emergency. And you have to apply your mask first before you can help somebody else. You can't help other people if you can't take care of yourself. It's it's you're gonna hear me say that a lot in this podcast because it is something that we really need to understand as parents. As adults, we tend to forego our personal well-being in the pursuit of different goals and aspirations, whether those be
0: um our children's or our own. Now I bring this up when I talk about depression and
1: Uh, physical exhaustion because the symptoms of depression vary so drastically from one person to the next and you're never really going to you're never really going to know from one person who has depression to the next person what symptoms they're going to have when it comes to my own depression and for those who don't know me i have chronic depression um and have been a high suicide risk most of my adult life and majority of my teens as well And in the future, depression and suicide is probably a topic that we will have to touch on. But that's not what we're going to get into too much today. Just the symptoms of depression that we're going to focus on today. So how the self-care fits into depression symptoms is if you don't take good enough care of yourself to be able to recognize changes in your mental or physical health, You might not catch a problem that you could have if you had been paying more attention to yourself. Now, I'm not meaning like, don't be selfish and ignore everything else, but life is about balance and all that. What you need to understand is that in my own situation, um, my last batch of antidepressants, I had some physical side effects and I was losing confidence in my physical appearance because of it. And it was, in turn, causing me to feel depressed, which was kind of counterproductive for what the medication was supposed to be doing. And as my body shape was changing and had these negative thoughts about my body image, um, the decision was made to get off the medication and see how things go. And my physical body has gotten better. I'm much more comfortable with where I'm at right now, which is good. But what I found since coming off that medication was that negative states of mind, not even depression per se, but the stages that lead into um, a depression over time, those types of moods or influences were causing me to feel like everything took so much work that I was just getting tired and physically could not get things done around the house because... I just didn't have any power to do it. If I was in a good mood, sure, I could just go, go, go. Yeah, life is great. Woo-hoo, woo get things done.
0: But you can't do that if you have no energy, right? I haven't taken my medication for my lung infection recently, so I'm a little winded. <laughs> a good example
1: that I saw on the internet with regards to this type of uh, depression symptom was a woman had taken a picture of her kitchen, which was just dishes piled up, waiting to be washed, and entitled it, This is What Depression Looks Like. And that was for that particular person. She just couldn't motivate herself to do those dishes. And it's one of those things that's typically a perpetuating cycle, where... um, I can't do the dishes, I'm depressed. Oh, look at all those dishes, they make me depressed. I can't do those dishes because they make me depressed. (laughs) And nine times out of ten, it takes an outside force to stimulate and break that cycle. Um, But a lot of depression um, examples that we see in social media, or regular media for that matter are typically more about the emotional state of mind, not how your body's physical condition can change because of you feeling depressed. And that's kind of why I wanted to bring this up today, was to bring that to light and have people understand that it's not just in here. Um, more and more, as a society, we're understanding that your brain affects your body and vice versa. These are two intricate parts Of one whole you can't keep treating you can't keep treating this part fix this part fix this part and just let this part die they need to be together in order for things to work so I was having this physical exhaustion and I would come down here to work on projects like videos for the dad's class YouTube channel and before I you know was working till three o'clock in the morning to get things done so all of my computer projects and stuff i would come down here sit in this chair and
0: look at it and go yeah no i can't and um especially with this lung
1: infection i've been i'd sit down here have to catch my breath before i could go back upstairs and go to bed um and this isn't meant to be like sorry this is my excuse about why i haven't been doing this but it's just trying to give a A relatable and tangible example of how the physical is affecting my ability to do things, which is then affecting other things in my life, such as my projects. It all links back to how my mind is processing my depression. And just to give you an example of how A leads to B, leads to C, leads to A. hashtag Star Trek reference. With this... Even if you don't suffer from a mental health problem yourself, which is fine, it's great, and you should actually take pride in that. Um, one of the things I would recommend you do, whether you have one or not, is try and see if you can find a mental health first aid class. I'm currently looking for one. Um, I would love to see if there's one hosted here in the White Court area, which, if you're listening in the White Court area or watching, and you know of one, hit me up in the comments, on Twitter, email, whatever. Because from what I understand, is these things, these programs teach you how to like triage your mental health or the mental health of other people. Um, and I feel like that'd be a really handy tool in your toolbox of life. And, and I want other people to start taking their mental health more seriously and the mental health of those around them. So that's why I'm suggesting that you go out and find one for yourself to take. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, these little Um, Random conversation starters, RSC, RCSs, these RCSs are meant to kind of get us started on a conversation. And based off of your guys' responses to these topics, I'll be revisiting them in the future and uh, have a dedicated episode to each one of these, which I think will be pretty good. If you guys have any questions, like in the future, I would like to do more episodes like this. And if you guys want to send me suggestions for random topics to bring up and get started on with, through an RCS episode, let me know via Twitter or email. It's crownesso, C-R-O-W-N-E-S-S, the number zero, at gmail.com or the at symbol in front when it's on Twitter. Or if you uh, put it down in the bridge where all the trolls live there, if you're watching this in the YouTube replay. And uh, I would love to put together another episode based off of viewer suggestions. So that'd be pretty cool. So my question with regards to depression and mental health symptoms is if you do have depression, anxiety, or some other uh, disorder or disability or condition that has maybe an uncommon side effect, or maybe something that you don't hear people talk about often it affects you in that way, I would love to hear about it. Um, I do realize this is a, a more private conversation. A lot of people don't want, want to talk about their mental health out in the open. Um, obviously, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> but um, you guys definitely hit me up in an email. I would love to have a private conversation with some people. And just let me know what you are willing to have out there if you want to be anonymous. And just let me know about some symptoms. That's great. Uh, like I said, in the future, I'd like to revisit the depression um, and mental health again. For a full episode all on its own uh the topic we didn't get to today or yesterday was real job stigma and what people consider a real job as apparently some people don't think that i have real jobs and uh, i just want to kind of i'll be pushed over to our next random conversation starters but if you guys have any things to add to it, I would love, I would really like to include them in the next RCS episode. Thanks, guys, for coming and checking this stuff out. Um, I really appreciate it. Share it with your friends, let them know. Uh, hopefully, I have all the software kinks worked out, and next week's podcast will go live as scheduled and uninterrupted
0: on Mixer at 6 p.m. The How To Dad podcast is owned and hosted by Devin Pierce and is
1: licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial share like 4.0 international license, all rights reserved. This podcast is currently available live on Mixer every Sunday, found on YouTube via a replay function, and on for audio listeners, it is available via Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. If there's another streaming service you would like to hear this podcast on, let me know in the
0: comments or via Twitter. Have a good night, guys.